How many of you guys are angry? Whether you're overtly and everybody knows it, or you're just harboring rage in your heart and people don't really, you're not aware. Maybe you yourself aren't even aware. What I've been noticing on social media of all places is everyone seems pretty pissed off all the time. Just scrolling through my own Twitter post over the last few weeks, I see people just venting all kinds of unbridled rage and vitriol over stuff that's literally thousands and thousands of miles away, not affecting them yet. But of course, it soon will be. I'm like, where's the anger come from? Where's the emotional faculties and abilities to be able to rein that junk in? Now, what I want to do is for us to kind of dig down deep and figure out how do we approach anger so that we can use anger, but not be used by it, which is so often the case. So buckle up, John Lovell Show. Starting now, it's going to be a good one. We'll grow. Here we go. Today's shameless plug is our Warrior Poet website. Guys, our whole website is chock full with our curated items. It's the gear that you'd love that's the best bang for the buck. If it's on our website, it means I personally endorse it, and I like it, and I use it. It's a good value. I'll also point out we got our performance fabric polos in, and so these things are awesome. They're size to fit, and they look good. They feel good. Uh, this is red, black, and blue looking super fresh. Also, I'll remind you to get my book. Today, we're talking about a subject that I really go deep into in the book, along with a whole bunch of other stuff. It is a national bestseller because of you guys. Lots of folks are getting these and going through them with small groups of men. And so men's groups are taking this book and going through it, and they've really reported it being a really, really good thing. So don't just get one for you, get one for your group. And if you get it through our website directly, it'll be a signed edition. And so maybe that would be a neat treat for those of you guys uh, out there who want to love on your homies. Uh, Let's get to the episode. If you want something to be angry about, just look at everything. It's not just me starting dumpster fires. It's the totality of social media and news, all the bad news. I was recently on the Sean Ryan show and uh, this wasn't part of the show, but he just put out a tweet or something. He he called his phone bad news. (laughs) (laughs) Bad news. Yeah, it was bad news. That's clever. It's my wife texting. (laughs) That better not be bad news. It better be, baby, I love you so much. The bad news is how much I love you. (laughs) So anyway, he called his phone bad news. And man, you just pick it up and just like 30 notifications about the world's falling apart and how you're wrong and everything's wrong. It can be real easy to get upset, to be angry. Couple that with all kinds of traumas that you're dealing with and upsets and natural circumstances and bum economies and a boss that you hate and uh, deep relationships that are rubbing you the wrong way. I think you have plenty to be angry about if you let your mind wander there. What I would like to do now is I want to talk about the two types of rage. There's a good rage and there's a bad rage. The good rage is when you see something out there that's wrong and broken that shouldn't be that way. And so it'd be appropriate, holy, righteous, and good response for you to be angry about it. So for you to see somebody being abused or beaten and that doesn't affect you, you're like, ah, not my problem. I'll call you a scumbag. You suck, bro. That should make you angry. That that would be, a, it is horribly evil and apathetic of you to not care 
that so-and-so is being hurt and injured. Now, I also don't possess enough empathy to hold all the world's problems and have a visceral upset with it. And at some point, practically speaking, I just kind of get tapped out. I can see story after story after tragedy. And after a certain amount of time, I can't rouse enough empathy to feel bad anymore about it. And I just, I think the human experience, a person is not meant to hold the weight of all humanity's tragedy every single day as we're scrolling through this supercomputer, which is basically overtaxing our empathy. And so one thing is, is you're not meant to have that much bad news and you need to disconnect from a lot of that bad news. It is unrealistic for you to be able to tap in to bad news incarnate, which is your phone here and all the notifications therein, and be able to effectively manage all that. It's not possible for you. And as long as you keep trying, you're going to end up just beleaguered, upset, burned out, angry, impatient, and uh, anxious. That, that, that's something that comes out in all these mental health Dude, things. Dude, I had to take a break from Ben Shapiro. Man, I had to take a break. Like the, Too much the, bad news. The daily episode was just, because uh, Ben's been on on fire and on a, tire, a tirade lately. Yeah, I, mean, I had to back down because it was just, uh, my anxiety was just getting too yeah. high. <laughs> and so if you want to listen to Shapiro, great, but you can only take so much bad news while you're going through the totality of life. And what I'm advising all of you guys to do right now is is here point number one uh, on managing some of this righteous rage and unrighteous rage for this matter is, is you got to set boundaries. If you don't have boundaries, you're just going to be a city run over. You're just too easy to take out. And so you have to have boundaries. Mm -hmm. Even when it's a righteous type anger, you only have so much empathy, strength, emotionally and physically to uh, fight a certain amount of battles. You can't fight all of this at once. And if you try to, you're just going to end up angry and you're not going to be able to do everything. Now, for your part, if you have relationships that are kind of in your sphere and those are going wrong and people are getting hurt. You find out a gal down the street is getting beat by her husband, and you find out about that. Uh, somebody's getting betrayed or lied to. You know, so somebody's being abused, a little kid, for instance. This is stuff that's in our sphere, and if you weren't upset about that, I got a real big problem with you. I don't think you're a good dude. I don't think you're one of us. And so there's a right type of righteous rage. I also know, uh, uh, practically speaking, a protector, when we're able to tap into some of that righteous rage of like, oh, you're trying to kill my buddies? Oh, terrorists, you want to play with innocent, unarmed Americans and terrorist attacks? I've got something for you. And you're able to tap into that anger, bring it onto the battlefield, and it can become fuel. Now, you don't want to be an out-of-control anger because then you make all kinds of mistakes. And if you don't believe me, watch any type of sporting event, particularly mixed martial arts or something. If somebody just loses it, they're cool, and comes out crazy swinging, they're either going to knock their opponent out right away. But usually what is the case is they get busted up because their technique slips amongst their melee of hate and then they get caught. They get stuck. They make terrible, stupid mistakes. And this realistic example serves as a metaphor all throughout. Typically, when you are unbridled, undisciplined, unchecked, rage and anger, you are open to all kinds of sucker punches and life is going to take you out fast and you're going to go down super hard. So even when we uh, use rage, it should always be controlled. It is up to you to control your emotions. It's up to you to set boundaries for yourself as well. It's up to you to use rage without it using you. And so you understand there is anger. 
is this anger I should experience or is this anger that is bad? And if it is a bad type of anger, we jettison. If it's a good one, then maybe we can use it to, uh, to through discipline and the mastery of our emotions, utilize it for good. Of like, IP, I see people being abused in some sector. What can I do about that? Now, it may not be like a physical guns on here in the breadbasket of the world, America, but maybe it's something where you could raise awareness. Uh, you could speak to people and, and engage in the culture war and let them see passion for your holy struggle right here. It could be that you end up using monetary resources to pump into those things. And like, you know what, I'm going to go work. I'm going to gain some money and I'm going to pump it into that cause because I'm ticked about it. And that, that would be to uh, utilize anger and rage to help motivate and fuel you so that you can actually do something about it. Not just go all caps lock on Facebook. It may be cathartic, but it's just poisoning you and everyone that comes in contact with you. Now I've talked about some of the good anger things of like, yeah, you, some stuff should tick you off. And you can utilize that anger to do something good with. Usually what is the case, though, is when people uh, feel like, okay, here's anger, and this is justified anger. They'll take that excuse as carte blanche to vent limitless rage, which is actually spilling over from unhealthy sources. So let's say you have a piece of inner trauma that's bothering you. Maybe you're not even really aware of it, but you got that trauma, you got that hurt. And then all of a sudden something happens in the news and you get righteously angry about that. And you use that righteous anger as a cathartic place to take all that toxicity in you and you vent it out there. When really the problem is, is you're furious because you have scars that haven't healed. You have unresolved conflict in your life. You are an angry person, and rather than just flying off the handle about something that's not justified, you vent your unrighteous rage through a righteous vehicle, and you poison the waters as you do so. Some of you are guilty of that, in which case the righteous pursuit is a smokescreen for your toxic heart. Now, let's deal with some of our unhealthy rage stuff. Some of us are just angry, and we don't really understand why. Why do I feel angry? Why do I feel anxious? Why do I feel upset all the time? Some of you guys feel that way. And if so, just understand there's a source down deep that maybe you're not even aware of. Some trauma which may be affected in you, something deep down in the past or something even present or something daily where you're plagued by some problem that you can't fix, something that you're angry about. Maybe it's a father wound or you lost a girl who betrayed you, maybe a friend betrayed you, maybe you got screwed out of a business deal. Maybe you feel disrespected, uh, undervalued. Maybe you're insulted or excluded, or you're just exhausted working untold amounts of hours. Maybe you're just spending way too much of your life in traffic. All I know is whatever the source of your pain point is, is it can cause this inner turmoil. And when all of a sudden something kind of small sets you off and you freak out, it's not that thing that's making you angry. All these little things. It's you got stuff that's brimming over so anything can make you go seemingly from zero to 60. What you didn't know is no, it's because you're already cruising around about 59 and a half miles an hour. And so any little thing, and it's because you are you have got unresolved issues. Some of you, the best thing you could do is whoever has hurt you, you got to forgive them. Forgiveness. And that'll be like, I'm not forgiving them. They don't deserve it. Don't forgive them because they deserve it. Do it anyway, because without forgiving them, you're not going to be able to move on. 
It's literally going to be poison in your veins and affecting you in bitter ways. You've got to let go of that. You forgive, just like you have needed forgiveness. You won't like to admit this, and you won't even be able to put your finger on who all you have wronged. But make no mistake, you are the villain in someone else's story, and you need forgiveness as well. And guess what? You didn't deserve it. What relationships in your life have turned toxic and sour? They may be stuff that's affecting you that you don't even think of anymore. You're like, oh, no, I'm over that. And I'm like, don't be so sure. It is amazing how some of these subconscious relationships push to the periphery of your mind as a defense mechanism are actually not in your mind, but they are rotting in your heart. And you've got to get them out in the open and get through some of your trauma, your unresolved conflict. You know, right on the heels of this, I feel impressed to say, some of us are floating around with a sense of entitlement, and that's part of why we're upset. It's you feel like things aren't going your way, and you deserve better. I deserve the respect. I deserve the success. I deserve, I deserve me, mine. And it's this sense of entitlement sets an unrealistic expectation for life, and unmet expectations keep crashing on the beach of reality and ends up just torpedoing you every single time something doesn't go your way. It is erroneous thinking to believe that life owes you anything. It doesn't owe you happiness. It doesn't owe you success. It doesn't owe you anything at all. And as long as you think so, you're going to continue to be upset and angry. Instead, let's take some responsibility and recognize, hey, I'm responsible for my own attitude and for my own successes and my failures. And it wasn't always someone else's fault. Saying it's always someone else's fault always abdicates responsibility to someone else. And you can't begin making progress forward because you weren't part of the problem. So you're not really part of the solution. So you got to take responsibility. Even if you don't really feel it is your responsibility, a good leader always says, nope, my responsibility anyway. I'm going to do what I can to change it. I'm going to monitor my attitude. I'm going to control my emotions, and I'm going to make some barriers in my life. I'm going to make some boundaries and set some limits in my life so that I can actually live healthy in this vein. And so in doing that, we're able to push forward. Now, some of you would be like, John, what the crap, bro? What, what's gotten into you? I'm like, well, this is the best way to talk to angry people. <laughs> like, you, you do a lot of pointy hand things and you let your volume go up and you're like, bro, check it out. I'm, I'm speaking like an ode. So like I've understood in the past, uh, I've had to walk through this fire and be able to learn how to control anger. I want no one to be able to flip my switch and get me upset. I alone am in charge of that switch. Now, since I've been a little, would you say I've been a little preachy? You have not preached as hard as you could but you have definitely preached some. <laughs> I will, since we're already going there, the book of James in the New Testament says this, be angry and do not sin. And the idea is, no, 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 there, there's a right kind of anger. But the whole idea is exactly what our title is, is, uh, you know, be angry, do not sin. It's uh, be, be a righteous anger. Use anger. Don't let anger use you. So basically, this has just been a, a big extrapolation off some uh, good proverbs, some general wisdom, and the book of James. Also, the book of Hebrew, no, uh, Romans 12 uh, says, love what is good and hate what is evil. Yeah. It is a righteous and good thing to hate the evil. 
Uh, but uh, understand, hey, two different kinds of anger there, righteous anger, and then there's the unrighteous kind. Almost all the stuff that we church it up and be like, no, I have a right to be angry about that. It's oftentimes the smoke screen. It's what I said before. It's that unrighteous kind of toxicity boiling yeah. over and wrecking stuff. And so we got to get a grip, guys. We got to get a grip, manage our own malfunctioning selves uh, and uh, grow. So, Benjamin, what do you got? No, I, well, uh, this, I see you over there kind of shift. You shifted a few times. You're like, get me yeah, in yeah. there, John. Yeah, no, I, I wonder um, if the smokescreen anger, um, it never, it, it's it's not meant for resolution. It's just meant for destruction. Yeah. And I, I don't think, I mean, I think you can cast it out, but I don't think it, I don't think it creates a harvest of good um, in the way that righteous anger does. I think righteous anger tills the soil uh, for something beautiful to grow. Yeah. And I think um, uh, the uh, the buried um, nasty anger that you uh, that you throw out there disguised as something else cannot cannot bear the fruit That's that good. righteous anger does. So yeah. those 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 are the thoughts that I'm thinking as you're yeah. ruminating on that. That's interesting stuff. As you were just saying that it um, something else flashed in my head of you know uh, anger. I think it can become really addictive to guys. I think I definitely, mm. I, I've definitely struggled with this in the past, mm. and that's anger. It feels strong, right? It, it feels, you know, like you feel the adrenal kick in, right? And it's kind of like, yeah, baby. And then you, you're justified with a righteous anger, which maybe and usually is some type of smokescreen. We're angry at all mm. the wrong things in life, uh, or. Uh, we're angry when we shouldn't be angry, and we're not angry when we should be, and that's just yeah. fallen man, right? Yeah. But uh, people can get addicted to that feeling of rage, uh, and mm-hmm. you like get the adrenaline kick in, and it's like a dopamine hit. And so whatever can scratch that itch where you feel puffed up and powerful, uh, it can be really addictive. People, It turns out I think some dudes who fly off the handle actually really enjoy it at a visceral and carnal level. And that's got to be checked. And so what can be very helpful in that case, uh, if you're one that can fly off the handle, is you need to find constructive outlets for your anger. Of like, oh, great, you get, you're get you just seething angry? Go do a sprint on a boxing bag. Hit that thing as hard as you can for 120 seconds with no break. And you'll find... In your utter exhaustion and after your adrenaline has absolutely dumped and you're a sweaty, heaping mess on the floor, you don't actually have any more energy to be angry. You're not going to punch your wife or uh, emotionally scar your children. Nope. You just wore yourself out on a back. I'm like, that's pretty good. You know, go take up running. And man, it's hard for me to say take up running. I've ran enough in my life. I, I've put in my many miles and I would like to be generally done with the running thing, but, uh, man, work out or join a jujitsu gym or something like that, that, that can even help train you to be wrath controlled. That's what martial arts is. That's what fight real fighting is designed to do. It's controlled rage. It's, it's calculating disciplined anger. And that's what you're able to do. You can still be angry, but don't let it cause you to lose control. The man who is not able to control himself in his own anger may feel strong, but he is pitifully weak. You are such a pathetically weak man, you can't even control your own emotions. 
That's what the ages of two to eight were for, so that we would learn how to control our emotions. So it is very ill-befitting of a man who cannot control his emotions. Indeed. Now, I'm, you know, in some ways, I'm infantilizing you guys, but I'll immediately confess, I do not always control my anger the way I should. You know, and so I'm just confessing there, but so that any of you guys yeah. who feel belittled by that, understandably, hey, I haven't solved this. I've actually made considerable ground enough that I can get well into the nuance of some of the good rage and the bad rage and understand it on an intimate, visceral level because I've been there. Uh, I've been in the trenches with it. I've actually made some progress out of that pit, out of that trap. And so this is not a thought experiment to me. This is hard-won memories. You've probably come to understand your triggers. I have, yeah. Mm. Yep. When my will is crossed or I feel like I'm not in control, those are big yep. triggers for me. Yeah, very good. So here, triggers for me is typically when I'm burned out, when I'm just too exhausted. And so I get worn down, and then I have no emotional energy left, and then uh, a death by a thousand cuts, and then I'm likely to explode. Uh, and so the trick mm. is, is never let myself get really, really burned out. So my wife and I have a code word and it's orange. And if I ever say the word orange, that means of like, hey, I am about to hit red and where nothing good happens, I need to go take a walk. And this isn't something, I'm not a hothead. And so this isn't like a common thing, but it has been a emergency get out of jail free card for me in my marriage. And for her, if we're just upset, I'm like, okay, here, here's, here's the word orange. Yep. We walk away with the promise that, that the use of that word is always the promise that we're going to come back together and later and talk about it. So That's it's good. not a shut up, shut up. It's a no, it's just a pause button. That's all it is. It doesn't get to end an argument. It's just a pause. I'm not in a state where I can actually helpfully talk about this anymore uh, because of me, not you. This is me. I can't deal with it. I'm going to go take a walk. Mm. I'm going to go hit a heavy bag or something. Uh, typically, though, the only way I ever reach burnout, ever get there, is it means I am not putting adequate time into my prayer life. That's what it is. Mm. Burnout usually means not prayerful enough to my God. And so when that happens, I get burned out. If I'm regularly spending time with the Lord, I don't get burned out anymore. So anyway, that's interesting. That is so when I say, hey, I'm burned out, synonymously say to my <laughs> wife, hey, Becca, I'm not spending enough time with right Jesus. On. Yeah, that, right that, It means the same thing. Yeah, I've yeah. been ignoring Jesus lately, so I'm going to vent all my wrath on you. I'm doing things bigger than myself. I need the Lord's strength, and I have not been asking him, so I'm burned out. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's me. Some of that won't resonate with you guys. Some of you guys following it, you're not Christians. You don't believe in God rock on. I'm just sharing my personal experience right there. That is true for me. If I am a prayerful man, I am a strong and powerful man. And when I go prayerless, now I'm doing it all in my own strength and I actually kind of suck. Uh, and so there is that. All the deep, deepest stuff. All here. the stuff. <laughs> all the deepest stuff. Ben, get us out of here. We talked about rage and anger and yeah. stuff, and that's been yeah. So uh, let's let's go. Let's let's jump off this topic now, and uh, let's let's head over to some hot topics, which are are not intended to uh, to to uh, stroke the uh, the rage and the anger of the John machine. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Very good. All right, what, what are we leading off with? All right, here we go. Here we go. Disney's been doing some over the top diversity casting the past year. The Snow White reboot uh, comes to mind. Uh, John, I don't know if you've seen a picture of us, the uh, Snow White reboot, but uh, apparently not even the dwarves are allowed to be tall anymore. They're, they're all like normal sized people in the live action thing they're refilming. So there's, they're not even short. Just imagine how that makes midgets feel. <laughs> Anyways, 
it's so bad that even South Park's taken notice. And they recently took Disney to the woodshed in an episode titled Joining the Panderverse, uh, where South Park replaced all four of the white main characters who are boys with adult women of color and sexual preference. Here's an image of uh, what they look like. <laughs> oh, didn't notice they all look either single or recently divorced, sassy, angry at the patriarchy, which they don't actually understand or have ever really met. Just a, a, a living metaphor of how woke destroys everything. Dude. Just everything. Yeah, so the episode is shooting right across the bow of Disney CEO Bob Iger and Lucasfilm CEO Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, who seem to think all of our beloved franchises need intersectional, a fourth wave critical race theory feminist reboots. So, John, is it possible? Um, are we witnessing a company figuratively shooting itself in the face real time? Is it possible that Disney can actually kill itself doing this uh, this agenda that they're doing? Uh, so I've gone back and forth. Generally, my first uh, my first take on all this was this is... This sucks. This is awful. Now I really kind of like it. I'm enjoying it. I'm getting some popcorn and just watching all of the silver screen melt under the flames that they lit. It's just burning to the ground. And this is why. They have been uh, very subtly imputing for decades into pictures, movies, all of their media, antithetical values Mm. to to really mainstream America. Uh, this is where the philosophers live today. Today, they don't gather around the Arawapagus and discuss ideas like yeah. typical philosophers. The philosophers make movies now, uh. and they put their philosophies through movies. And they do it subtly so that they can shift public opinion as they're being led by culture. And so I haven't really liked the trend that all these movies are doing for a long time. Even in kids' cartoons, it, it's showing up. We were watching last night, you know, Rescuers Down Under, little mice movie. We were watching the original one, Rescuers. <laughs> no, John, I don't know this one. It's a kids' movie. It's super <laughs> old. I think it was probably like the 70s or something. Okay. Very, very old. But there's uh, some gal, and she's shooting a gun. There's a gun all over the place. And I'm like, hey, boys, when was the last time you saw a firearm in any kids' movies? Mm. Cartoon. Yeah, you know, like in the last decade or two and they're simply not there buzz lightyear is the closest you get and it's a laser gun it's a laser gun um, wait woody does woody have a gun um i don't think woody even has a gun i think he's got a gun but he doesn't use it oh. i've never i don't i don't remember toy story very much i know that there was the in the lightyear movie there was a uh we didn't watch that one yeah because i didn't want to have no, a, no, no. a discussion told... with my kids right right about why two girls are kissing or two boys are kissing i didn't watch it so i, I don't know but apparently that was even in there also in rescuers this little girl gets down beside her bed and she prays and i'm like boys when was the last time you mm-hmm. saw uh somebody in any of these disney dreamworks whatever movies when he's last time you saw him praying and so it's not just what they're putting in the movies. It's what they're omitting. It's yeah. just a natural part of uh, life. And then I've seen some other videos that were just outright flagrant attacks on the hearts and minds of children. Uh, and, and like one of the worst ones I saw, and I, I almost don't, actually, I don't want to name it because I don't want to give it any press, but there's stuff that had me seething upset. And when my boys get a little older, I'm going to watch it with them and do a cultural critique play-by-play and spot this is where the lie is. So when you get a little bit older, I want to show of like, what is the cultural evil thing they're doing and prettying it up for you? 
Uh, so one day it'll lead full bloom that you'll hate all the good values that we're trying to ingest in you. So when I see all this woke stuff going on, people just aren't putting up with it. What's happening is the box office is tanking and everyone sees it and everyone knows it. If you're like me, you used to go to movies regularly that for years of my life or for most of my life, right on. the right movie on. theater was a normal part of yep. date night, Yep, me too. dinner and a movie. And how often do you go to the movie theater now, Ben? Shoot, man. I don't think I've been there in years. I went and saw Top Gun 2, Maverick, mm -hmm. multiple times, partly because it was an amazing movie with yeah. no woke stuff, uh, but also because of like because of that, I wanted to be quadruply supportive. And I'm like, take <laughs> my money, snacks, whatever. I don't yeah. know if snacks contribute, but I was like, I was in a generous mood. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead and get the $8 Coke. And then immediately after, be like, it was an $8 <laughs> Coke. <laughs> I shouldn't have been And an then idiot. John's like, I got to get a refill to feel like I got a value. <laughs> it's too hard to put a bottle of water in my sock. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, two Coca-Colas is more calories than John like eats in a month. So like... <laughs> Bro, hey, so. I got to circle back to this. Um, first thing on Google, when I Google, does Woody carry a gun? Here's what it says. Um, it says, there really isn't one. In the original production of the film, they had planned on giving him a gun. However, when Disney made modifications of the film, they didn't want it in there for obvious reasons. What are those obvious That's reasons? What they, I know it says for obvious reasons. And yet, for some reason, they decided to keep the holster. End of the article. So my official statement to Disney on that is you guys suck. You suck. You, you suck. A cowboy without a gun? You suck. <laughs> That's it. That's the totality of my statement. Ah! 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 Eric, it's okay. It's I got okay. Matt, Matt, I had a dream that I was replaced by a diverse woman. Oh, not again. Yeah, only this time, it wasn't just me. They were taking all my favorite people and replacing them with diverse women complaining about the patriarchy. Will you check under the bed and make sure there's no Disney executives under there? I promise there's not. I'm scared, Mom. Will you please just look and make sure Kathleen Kennedy isn't under my bed? Kathleen Kennedy is not under your bed. Can you check the closet? Eric, enough! I've told you there's no such thing as Disney executives who replace everyone you love with diverse women who complain about the patriarchy. Now be a big boy. For all you guys listening in on podcasts, we gave you a little extra and you got one part of the show you normally don't experience. And that's Hot Topics with Ben. We'll have more of those Hot Topics. We also have our Q and Ambush section, training tips, dad jokes, all kinds of things like that spread out randomly throughout these episodes. So if you go to watchwpsn.com, that's watchwpsn.com. You sign up, you're able to support us and you get not only this show, a lot of other shows and training classes, pistol classes, rifle classes, information that would absolutely make you a better protector and safer. Check it out. Watch WPSN.com, and then you can download the app in whatever place that you use apps. Guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.